Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Wake Up, giving you the Hollywood and media biz news to know on Wednesday, January 20th, 2021, where it seems like my brain didn't quite return from vacation before I recorded yesterday's podcast. So uh, one correction, that new Marvel Disney Plus TV series with Oscar Isaac and now Ethan Hawke is called Moon Knight, not Moon Hawk. I mean, that casting would have been just too spot on. But I guess that's why Disney executive chairman Bob Iger made $20.99 million more than I did last year. Not bad for a guy who uh, supposedly stepped down from running Disney about a year ago. By the way, that means Iger still makes 33% more than the guy who took his job. And I'm sure he gets the ad-free version of Hulu. Anyway, now over to Hollywood. Well, via Silicon Valley. $203.7 million is the new number to beat in the streaming business. That's how many subscribers Netflix now has worldwide. They added 8.5 million subscribers in the three-month period between October through December, although roughly 90% of that was outside of the U.S. Looking at 2020 on the whole, the service added 37 million total paying subscribers, 83% of which were outside of the U.S., or back in domestic terms, Netflix essentially added pretty much the size of Hulu's entire subscriber base in one year. Yeah, exactly. Europe and Africa are Netflix's largest growth sectors at this point, followed by Asia-Pacific countries, uh, minus China, of course. Not too much else coming out of the earnings call. They released some more viewership numbers, but uh, counting people who saw two minutes of a movie as watching the movie is, uh, well, kind of like the three-second view metric for Facebook video views. And ultimately, it's a subscriber business, not an advertising-based business. Although perhaps most importantly, Netflix said it's reached the point where they no longer have to take on debt to fuel expansion and will break even this year. They're now going to be able to fund their business and programming payments entirely with revenue. And starting next year, they'll begin paying off the billions of debt they took on to fuel that growth, as well as buying back their stock to increase the value of their shares. Uh, Well, assuming they can afford to at that point. Netflix shares were up 14% in after-hours trading last night to over $570 a share. Over at Viacom, they uh, curiously chose the Netflix earnings call day to announce the launch date for their Paramount Plus streaming service in the U.S. and Latin America, which will be Thursday, March 4th, or the day before one of Paramount's most anticipated movies, Coming to America 2, debuts on Amazon Prime. Well, that would have been helpful, but uh, hey, who knew? More details like, uh, well, the price, as well as what happens to CBS All Access, and how all of this is going to work with their current pay streaming products like Showtime and BET+, as well as their free streaming services like Pluto TV and CBSN, will all be revealed on the Viacom fourth quarter earnings call day, February 24th, which is just, uh, well, eight days before the product launches. And while we're in streaming, Fox's AVOD or fast streaming service, Tubi, fast meaning free ad-supported television, Anyway, Tubi announced that the total amount of hours streamed on the service rose about 60% in 2020, and that half of their 33 million monthly users are under 35 years old. Also, half of their user base does not subscribe to cable TV. Tubi currently has the largest monthly active user base among all the fast streaming services. Viacom's Pluto is in second place. Back in the movie biz, Warner Brothers has added a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory prequel called Wonka to their release slate. And as you might imagine, it'll focus on the younger years of Mr. Wonka. David Heyman, who did the Harry Potter franchise, is producing here. And Paddington director Paul King is going to direct. They hope to begin shooting sometime this fall, so uh, no word on casting at this point. And now just a bunch of odds and ends. 
Starting with some renewal news, SBTB, or uh, Saved by the Bell to spell it out for the olds, has been renewed for a 10-episode season 2 at Peacock. Snowpiercer has been given a season 3 order ahead of its season 2 premiere on TNT next week. Tyler Perry's Sisters has been renewed for a season 3 at BET. All five seasons of the original Muppet Show are coming to Disney Plus in about a month on February 19th, and yes, I'll remind you. But At Home with Amy Sedaris has been canceled after three seasons on True TV. Over in some casting news, Dennis Quaid and Virginia Madsen have joined Lionsgate's biopic of former NFL Super Bowl winning quarterback Kurt Warner, starring Zachary Levy, according to Deadline. Speaking of the Super Bowl, the big game is getting some additional music talent, with Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan teaming up for the national anthem, and her doing a version of America the Beautiful before the game as well. By the way, the aspiring TikTok rival, Triller, is uh, taking the battle up a notch, signing a big check for a Super Bowl ad in the game this year. Also, a congrats to everybody who had money on TikTok lasting longer than Donald Trump on social media. Director Mick G has signed on to direct the Disney Plus reboot of Turner and Hooch as a TV show. The streaming service ordered 12 episodes of that one. Mr. G has uh, made a home at Netflix in recent years, directing a teen horror movie called The Babysitter in 2017, as well as a sequel last year. And he also was a producer on the movies Tall Girl and Holiday at the world's most popular streaming service as well. And finally, one move in the executive suite as former co-president of marketing at Warner Brothers, J.P. Richards has landed at Apple TV as the new head of film marketing strategy. That's according to Deadline. He's going to report into Apple TV Plus video marketing chief, Chris Van Amberg. Over in the trailer house, back to Apple TV Plus, who once again came through with another pretty great trailer, this time for their season two alternate universe space race show for all mankind, which leaps ahead to 1983 for this new season. The link to that is in the notes area of this episode. I have here the rules of engagement for use of force on the moon. That's steps away from nuclear war. Target lock. Once we do this thing, there's no going back. And in today's programming notes, it's all about the inauguration, with plenty of stuff going on throughout the day, including, of course, the swearing-in of Joe Biden. But tonight, the 90-minute special Celebrating America is going to air across all broadcast networks, except Fox, starting at 8.30 p.m. Before I finish up, uh, remember to go follow the podcast on Instagram at The Wake Up Pod, two Ps in there, The Wake Up Pod, and you'll get previews of the top headlines each morning. The direct link to the account is right there in the notes to this episode as well. And finally, two notes in the music biz today. First up is more info from the New York Times on Olivia Rodrigo and her hit song Driver's License, which really provides a pretty stark example of just how much streaming now dominates the business, especially in pop music. The song had over 76 million streams in the U.S. alone in its first week of release, but in terms of actual sales of the music, it only had 38,000 paid downloads. Did they try putting it out on cassette tape? And we'll finish up with Blake Shelton talking about finding the upside of making $8 an hour. Hey, how did he see my paycheck? Uh, here's his new song called Minimum Wage, which definitely was not co-written by Bob Iger. The Spotify link is in the notes area to this episode. And have a great day, everybody. It's a new day in America. Ish. I'll see you tomorrow. You can make a six-pack on the carpet Tastes like a million dollar bill You can make a one-bedroom 